we've been talking about next year and I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> This is the Carbile Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Frankie Astrab, and it's a very exciting double feature for you here. We have the Eastern Conference Playoff Preview tonight, which is, uh, I'm recording tonight with Hunter from Take 6 and the two guys from In the Rafters, uh, a Celtics podcast and a Raptors podcast, uh, respectively. So, I had a lot of fun recording with them, uh... Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Clubhouse 15, close to 800, trying to get to the 1,000 mark before the summer. <coughs> and you can, of course, as always, find us on Anchor and iTunes. And one last thing, I am a proud member of the Rise Up podcast community, and so are the three guys I'm about to talk with. Uh, tomorrow, I'm recording a Western Conference playoff preview with uh, the give uh, Rod from the Give and Go podcast, uh, the Thunderstruck podcast guys, and uh, Landon, or as you might know him, Hot Pelicans takes on Twitter, uh, going John Snow versus the Boltons uh, against these Lakers fans on Twitter. I see you, buddy. Uh, but anyways, I want to jump into this Eastern Conference playoff preview. I don't want to bore you with an intro, so enjoy. Uh, all right, everyone, I am here with uh, a couple guys. Why don't we introduce ourselves? Uh, I'm Hunter Surplus from the Take 6 podcast. Uh, I'm Colin from In the Raptors podcast. And I'm Roger from the In the Raptors podcast. And I'm Frankie from the Club Sports podcast, but you know me. You listen. Uh, so we have ourselves a little Eastern Conference playoffs preview. I want to open up before we get into the playoffs. Uh, your opinions, your opinions, plural, on Giannis's latest comments in the media. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have anything to say on that. So, like the uh, Space Jam. Yeah, well, I know he had a, he had one other that one uh, other than that, but yeah, the Space Jam one. Alright, so for me personally, because you know we're. Or I know Roger probably really listens to all this podcast, and we don't like LeBron. <laughs> um, I love. I personally love it because um, the kind of it's been a lot of the downfall of LeBron lately, and to see Giannis, who is emerging as arguably the next best player in the league, kind yeah, of step definitely. up and be more professional. And I, I like that. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so like for me, I'm. I'm not against it, and, like, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cool that we're now finally seeing a star kind of, like, not conform to this whole, like, uh, AAU kind of era where everyone's really friendly with each other and everyone's really, uh, you know, trying to do everything with each other. But I think at this point he's getting a little corny with it. Like, he said in the – or, like, talking about the offseason, he was saying all this stuff where, yeah, I'm not going to train with anyone because – you should be friends with people on other teams and, and all this other kind of stuff. And I think he's he's kind of being a bit, like, dickish in terms of, like, NBA superstardom. And if he wants to be the face of the league, I'm not saying he has to be in Space Jam 2 by any means, but 
I think he's probably going to have to change his attitude just a little bit, tweak it a little bit to make him a little more likable. Like he's still a very likable superstar, but I think it's going to have to it's going to have to be more likable than just I'm like I'm doing everything by myself. Like I'm trying to be the best guy by myself and not have any help, which I don't know. I don't know if it's a good look on him. Yeah, I personally, um, well, I originally posed the question because I've seen on on Twitter, uh, specifically NBA Twitter, obviously, that people were uh, kind of uh, thinking it's a negative that he's not really uh, into Space Jam, which obviously it's the bigger picture that he's kind of independent. But I think what he's doing is he's being asked questions and he's answering the questions. Like, I don't think there's much more to it. Like, it's not like he's go out, going out and saying it, that he, he doesn't want to be with um other superstars and I know he he had but like it's not like he's like uh trying to grab for attention or or uh whatever for lack of a better term yeah I think that's fair but I don't know it's a to me it's a bad look like the NBA is going in a direction where everyone's kind of friendly with each other and whether or not people are like actually friends or genuinely friends um Giannis is kind of taking a different approach and like I think it will hurt his his likability if he continues to just kind of um, write off all of the the stuff that you know superstars not that they should do but that superstars in the past have done like guys like Magic Johnson guys like LeBron um, all these guys who have you know been friendly off the court and been nice and open to help and and all this kind of stuff with other stars and I think as he gets older he'll realize that hey maybe I should make a bit of a change into this you see I love this move I think the NBA NBA is too soft right now and Giannis is going back to the Michael Jordan Magic Johnson Larry Bird Team USA practices where they not hated each other but they were brought out this aggressiveness and competitive competitiveness that I want to see more of in the NBA. Everybody's too buddy-buddy now. But, it, like, Magic Johnson was always friends with, you know, he was always friendly with just about anybody. There's stories of Magic Johnson going up to Larry Bird in the final game of uh, Michigan State versus whatever team Larry Bird is on. I forget. Indiana? East Indiana, um, yeah. And uh, he tried to go up and give him a hug. And like I don't, I don't. The Magic Johnson argument isn't there for me, but like in the practice, it's not like these guys are, you know, not playing as hard as possible against each other in pickup games. They're still going to be playing as hard. They still have that competitive edge that has gotten them to where they are. And like LeBron James, just because he's friends with a lot of people, does he does he go easy on these guys when when he plays them in in game? Like I don't see that. Yeah, that's true. You have you have a good point there. I just like. I don't like all this. I love this guy, like the Kyrie Irving and LeBron James thing. I I hate that. Every every aspect of it, I hate. But I don't know. I just I like the different approach he's taking. Well, yeah, that speaks to a larger picture in the NBA this uh, this day and age, where it's uh, you know more uh, player focused, and they have relationships, and it's like a super team mentality. <clears throat> so, uh, in my opinion, it is nice to see Giannis kind of stray away from that. I know it's a little more complicated than that, but um, <clears throat> that's the crux of it, in my opinion. I, yeah, I I respectfully disagree. I think at first it was kind of cool, but now it's getting a little corny. But, 
Yeah. All right. Uh, so I want to move on to the, uh, I'll call it a non-debate of Paul Pierce versus Dwayne Wade as far as their careers go. Um, up against each other. I know Paul Pierce said he was better than D-Wayne, and he said he would have more success if he played with the type of players uh, Dwayne Wade played with. Uh, LeBron James and Chris Bosh is uh, what he was alluding to. And I know this is kind of a beaten dead horse at this point, but uh, you are, or some of you are Celtics uh, Celtics pod, so I want to get your perspective on it, and Hunter, you too. But, uh, you know, Colin, just give us your, your take on it. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I'm always going to take the side of Paul Pierce just because he's a legend in Boston sports. Um, I mean, I have to say, like, overall, I think they're very close and, like, talent-wise and I think, like, career-wise. Obviously, D-Wade, if you look at the trophies, they he surpasses Paul Pierce in that aspect, but... And as a Celtics fan, because of my opinion, I'm always going to say that Paul Pierce is better. Um, I, but I always have, I have to respect D Wade's game. D Wade is like he's let, left an impact on the game. He's arguably like one of the greatest we've seen on the court, especially in the shooting guard position. Yeah. Um, you got to respect the man. Um, it it was it's hard. A lot of the Celtics fans like when Paul Pierce was out there saying that on ESPN that he's better than D Wade. It was like a oh what are you doing kind of moment like. We're going to defend you because you're Paul Pierce, but at the same time, like, you're really throwing yourself under a bus. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm pulling up the stats right now, and um, it, I don't think it's much of a debate as to who's better. It's definitely um, – are going to look at it. Like, like, if you think that – if you're talking about entirety of, of somebody's career, like, D-Wade definitely has that. He's got – uh, he's got more championships. He's got the finals MVP, first team all NBA, eight overall NBA. That it trumps whatever Paul Pierce's entire career was. But if you look at their primes, I'm not sure that I can put D Wade ahead of Paul Pierce in terms of talent at their prime. I know that's not really the debate that everyone's been having. A lot of it's been who had the better career, who could have won more championships with who. I, I don't know if Paul Pierce could have won more championships if he was playing with LeBron and, and Bosch, but that's just because their playing styles didn't really fit with each other like uh, LeBron and Bosch did with Dwayne Wade. However, I do think that Paul Pierce's prime moments and his prime years did have a higher ceiling maybe than Dwayne Wade and I'm not taking anything away from Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade probably is the third best shooting guard of all time and and his prime was you know astounding some of the things that he did that dunk on Anderson Verge I was probably the best dunk that I've ever seen in my entire life and I don't know like I think it's a closer debate than a lot of people are saying but in the end I I will take I will take uh, Dwayne Wade but I won't get angry at people who say that Paul Pierce was the better player. Yeah, I definitely think it's D Wade, but um, like you said, it's not as far out as people uh, are making it out to be. Cause you walk on NBA Twitter, you see all the memes of Paul, uh, Paul Pierce. It, they're funny, but they're not really uh, based in truth. I mean, he is a lot closer to D Wade than people, uh, people think, like you said, but I think we've said our piece on that. So let's get into this uh, playoff preview. Officially. Uh, we have, our 
kind of a surprise teams that have clinched playoff spots uh, recently. Uh, the Net, who have bounced back from playoff droughts, the Nets in 2015, and I think the Magic in 2012 or 2011. But what do you guys feel uh, their outlooks are in round one, round one respectively? Well, I think they have a better chance than people give them. Uh, the Nets coming out, coming back from one of the worst trades in history. Thank you. Um, they're actually, if they keep the six seed, they'd play Philly. And they're actually 2-2 two and two against Philly this year. Um, the only problem I have is Embiid could probably go off in that series. Um, but I, I'm not counting the Nets out. They've been a Cinderella story this year. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell has been outstanding for them. Um, I It's kind of ironic watching him go off all year while the Lakers... Nothing. Um, they can also compete, so I think it'll be a great series for both teams. Um, I think for the Nets, like, I think the Nets probably have a better chance of taking some games away than the Magic do. The Nets have really good streaky shooting, and if they're playing against a team like the Sixers, who doesn't have a whole lot of three-point shooting, you can see them taking away two, maybe three games, just based on hot shooting, maybe to get a good game at home, and the, uh, the the pace kind of changes in that game where you, you kind of get him beat away from the away from the basket all that kind of stuff but the nets i think are a much streakier team than the magic the magic like both you guys said are very solid like they're a solid nba team and they can play basketball and they're also a streaky team but they're not a streaky three-point shooting team and obviously three points is worth more than two like i don't that's a stupid thing to say it's it feels like but like the nets have that streaky shooting ability that will be able to overcome a, a 76ers if if they can't get any shots or if they have a cold spell and and the nets end up getting hot for you know three four minutes they can put up 15 to 20 points in just like that and it, it, it's kind of scary to, to see but i don't know I, I like the nets uh the nets outlook a little bit better than the magic i don't think either team is going to win that first round series but that's just me yeah, uh, I definitely agree that the Nets do have a better um, outlook than the Magic uh, based on matchup because you have the Raptors and the Magic. That should be a, a clean sweep. Uh, no disrespect to the Magic, of course. But in terms of the Nets and the Sixers, one thing to watch out for, in my opinion, is the um, matchup between Joel Embiid and Jared Allen. Uh, Jared Allen was kind of a, a kind of a sleeper pick for Defensive Player of the Year uh, for a little while, and in January and February, that kind of tapered off. But it is uh, going to be interesting to see how he can defend uh, Embiid in the low post and um, in, in, in game and see how that plays out. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, all right. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So what team in the top three, because uh, I want to talk about the Celtics separately, 
but has the best outlook and which team is most vulnerable? Uh, I'll, uh, I'll start off on this one. I think out of the, out of the top three of the Bucks, Raptors and, and Sixers, um, I like, this is going to sound very biased, but I'm going to go with the Raptors here. And my biggest reason why I think that they're going to, or they have the, the highest ceiling out of these three teams is that they're almost a 60 win team. And Kawhi Leonard has missed 22 games. Once Kawhi Leonard is playing every single game and playing every single game with 30, 38 to 42 minutes played, something along those lines, that is going to be an extremely tough team to stop. They've been playing somewhat poor basketball in the past few weeks. And, and when I say poor, they're still 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. People haven't really been respecting the team. People haven't been respecting Kawhi Leonard and people forget that he's a finals M- MVP. That's why I think they have the best. We have the best. Um, we have the best outlook because a lot of the players on this team have been there. We've been in the playoffs the past four or five years. We've gone kind of deep in the playoffs the past four or five years. All of our key players on this team have at least played one or two rounds in the playoffs. We just added Gasol. He's been to the conference finals a couple times. Like I said, uh, Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP. Danny Green, he's won a championship. Kyle Lowry's been in the playoffs forever, it feels like. Yeah, he's had his struggles, but at least he's been there. Some of these guys on the Sixers and uh, and the Bucks, they haven't really been there as much. And I think that will be the, the biggest difference if it comes down to a series between those guys deep in the playoffs. Uh, and to continue off of what you're saying, um, we also, when discussing this, um, said Toronto. Um, you guys are really have a complete team. You have a lot of depth um, compared to the Bucks. The Bucks, obviously, they have Giannis, but they have a lot of sh- and they have a lot of shooters built around them, which is the way to go with Giannis. But they don't have the experience in the playoffs. Um, I don't think Giannis has enough experience in the playoffs. Personally, personally, I think he. Hasn't gone far enough. He hasn't seen enough competition. I mean, the Celtics took him out in the first round last year without um, Kyrie or Hayward. Um, but obviously, that was a different Bucks team. Um, and the 76ers, they just, in the playoffs, are not the same team. And I think the Raptors, obviously, they have a, to overcome the choking that they're kind of known for in the playoffs. But now LeBron's gone. There's no one in the way. <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard, one of the best players in the league easily yeah and I'm not confident that Giannis would be the best player in a playoff series against the Raptors if if that is end up like if that ends up how it how it matches out and that's how it plays out I'm not certain that Giannis is the best player Giannis has been the best player this season but in a seven game series I don't know I haven't seen it like you guys said he hasn't had that experience he hasn't been that far we haven't seen him in a scenario where it's kind of like it's do or die, and, and he has all this pressure on him. So it'll be interesting to see him and how he plays, and if he can continue to put up these Shaq-like numbers, and if he plays 40 minutes a night and plays the way he is, he'll average you know, 30 and change every single night. And that'll be, that'll be fun to see, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm not confident that he'll be able to do that. I think teams are going to be able to, if not stop him, at least slow him slash the team down in the same with the Sixers like they haven't been there I don't know what they're going to be like and I, I'm not confident in them 
Yeah, the one thing uh, that I think it comes down to between the top two, the Bucks and the Raptors, is the Raptors have so many ways to beat you between uh, Kawhi, uh, Siakam, uh, Gasol, and Lowry, uh, and how they, they work well together, but also individually between uh, Leonard and Siakam. And then the Bucks between injuries, uh, inexperience, uh, whatever you want to attribute it to, uh, mostly injuries, they just don't have much to beat you with besides Giannis. No disrespect to Middleton and um, and Bledsoe and, and Miritich and, and Powell and DJ Wilson. But Brogdon is hurt, and Miritich and Powell are also both hurt. So uh, that's a big thing going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we all, I think we can all agree it's the Raptors who are the most dangerous out of the East right now. And uh, I think we can also agree, based on this last conversation, that out of the top three, it is um, the Sixers who are the most vulnerable. Yeah, that's what I would say. I would say the yeah. Sixers. Yeah, definitely the 76ers. Uh, that just comes down to their um, just how they might work together in the playoffs between uh, Embiid, uh, Simmons, or well, Wes Simmons, but Embiid and Butler. And then uh, Sim, you throw Sims in there too. That's kind of a, a melting pot of personalities between uh, Embiid and Butler, at least. Yeah, and I think you can play Simmons off the off the court, like you saw it last year in that uh, in that series against the Six or not the Sixers, the the Celtics. I'm sure you boys are very familiar with this. That Simmons, yeah, you can play Simmons right off the court, and it's. Uh, it's not necessarily a difficult thing to do. Um, so, I mean, that's the biggest thing. When your best player, I mean, I think Joel Embiid's the best player, but when someone who thinks he's the best player on the team can be totally played off off the court, it's it's a tough look. And I don't think Embiid, it's not a day and age where Embiid is going to be a guy who can dominate and win games um, like you need him to in a seven-game series. Now, you said you could play Ben Simmons right off the court. Well, I don't agree with that because he did have one very big point in that game. You know what? You're was, right. That was, yeah. that was big. That, yeah. You know what? You're right. I, I might have to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we can move on to uh, our uh, – we'll talk about the Celtics. So how worried about your – how worried are you about the Celtics uh, in the rafters? Uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Right? No, no. Go ahead. Um, Celtics-wise, I mean, we kind of, as a team, the only thing that we really need to worry about is the chemistry and being able to play the Celtics basketball the way that they, we can. Um, recently, I think the Celtics have bounced back a lot compared to uh, how they've poorly played over the season. Um, if anybody uh, saw the Celtics-Pacers game, it was like a playoff atmosphere, and yeah. the Celtics team played like it was a playoff game. They dominated um, even Jason Tatum got hurt in the six, like he played six minutes that game. He got hurt, came off. We still beat the Pacers by twenty, and that's who we're facing in the first round. Um, and I, I think that team that I'm most scared of the Celtics and Kyrie Irving always seem to play the Raptors very well. And there's a reason why they're, 
you know, preseason, uh, preseason predictions were all kind of 60 wins, hovering around 60 wins. I'm, I'm sure you guys hear this all the time, but Bill Simmons, yeah. uh, the whole 67 win thing, like there's a reason that that's there. When this team has been playing good throughout the season and they've had stretches where they've looked like they're that team that can make the finals, that can make the Eastern Conference finals. They are, you know what I mean? Like they are that team and they are as good as everyone says they are. And throughout this whole regular season, most of the time Kyrie Irving especially has said, yeah, like we're just waiting for the playoffs. We're just waiting to, to flip that switch. And I think he does have that little LeBron mentality. And I'm sure you guys probably hate hearing me say that, but <laughs> it's, I think it's true. And I think Kyrie Irving, he's one of the best and if not the best clutch scorer in the league and clutch scoring you know, that translate over into, into playoff games. It doesn't matter. He's cold-blooded. He will be able to win you. I Like, he could win four games in a series for you, no doubt in my mind. And I'm not saying that you guys have uh, an easy road to the to the conference finals or the, or the finals, but you're playing the Pacers without Victor Oladipo, who have still been playing very well. But in their last 10, they're 3-7, and seven, which is not a good luck heading into the playoffs. So you've got the Pacers. I think you guys take that. Then you've got a Bucks team, presumably, right? Like, I think they'll probably make it in, who has not been there. We've said this a couple times already. They, they don't have that experience anywhere past the first round. Giannis might not be used to playing those 38 to 40 minutes uh, like he will have to play in, in the playoffs. And, you know, Kyrie Irving and your whole team last year was in this situation. They, they went to a Game 7 against LeBron. One of the toughest things you can do they beat the Bucks in the first round, like you mentioned. And I don't know, like I could 100% see the Celtics making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, even even beating, if the Raptors get there, even beating the Raptors, because I've always said this, that they're a very tough matchup against the Raptors. They're the, I would say, the second deepest team behind the Raptors when all these guys are, are playing well. But my only trepidation is kind of that, uh, that Marcus Smart injury, that... Uh, that kind of pulled up today, and that's my uh, that's my one worry for the Celtics. Yeah, and to uh, kind of bounce off of what you were saying with Kyrie. Last year for the playoffs, which hurt, but we still managed to go far. We still managed to play the Bucks to seven games and beat them without, and they had Giannis, they had Bledsoe, they had Middleton. I know they, they've improved the team with some pickups, but still, I think we've also improved in the additions of um, Kyrie, technically, and Gordon Hayward, who has been going off in this end of this year. Um, I think the Celtics can take anyone to seven games, like Kyrie said. Um, I think that Pacers-wise, I think we can get through them. I think the Bucks will be a great series, and should if, presumably if we get the Bucs, um, and should we make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and play the Raptors, I think it'll be one of the arguably the greatest Eastern Conference playoff uh, finals we've seen in a while for a series. All right, so the thing with the Celtics for me is they've had their problems, and I'm going to mostly agree with you guys. They've had their problems, and they've uh, been up and down this season, uh, But each, and each player has been up and down. Uh, what, Kyrie's having his best statistical season uh, despite that. Uh, Hayward's having a nice little stretch at the end of the year. And uh, Tatum and Brown have both been up and down, like I said. But one thing I want to ask is, do none of you think they can beat the 
uh, do none of you think they can lose to the Pacers in the first round? Uh, I think we can take the Pacers. Um, I mean, I think it was Friday's game. We played them. They were full strength. We were uh, minus Oladipo. We were full strength, but then Tatum um, let, got hurt with six minutes to go, and we still beat them by 20. It was a playoff atmosphere kind of game. Kyrie showed out. Um, Hayward showed out. I mean, everybody showed out. It was a great game. Um, I think that we have a better – I think we have better depth than they do, in my opinion. I know the Marcus Smart injury is definitely going to hurt us. Um, but I think that will affect us more the deeper we go into the playoffs. I think them missing Oladipo just isn't going to do it for them. Um, and I think that the Celtics can get through them. Yeah, to me, the best case scenario for the Pacers is probably six games. Um, the Celtics are just, I think, a more well-rounded team, like you said. Like, yeah, the Pacers, their whole system is is not based around one guy. And, and I'm not saying the Celtics is either, but it's it's closer to that resemblance of that you know star player and star-focused team where the Pacers kind of have everyone who can you know kind of beat people on, on some good nights, but... In the playoffs, you need to rely on if if you need to get a bucket, who are you going to go to on the Pacers? Like I'm not sure that I can name someone on the Pacers who I would go to in a end of game scenario to either lock up uh, Kyrie Irving or you know score a, a game winning basket or game tying basket without Oladipo. That whole that presence is gone. And if Oladipo is in this series, I'm probably leaning towards the Pacers here just because of their regular season track record that has happened uh, so far this year. And that's not any disrespect to the Celtics because I do, like I just said, I think the Celtics could make the finals if they, if they really get it into, into gear, but we'll, we'll have to see like, as long as the Celtics don't get complacent and they play their brand of basketball, then it, it should be over in, in four, maybe five games. Yeah. I think they can push seven. Um, Personally, I think they, they're just – the Pacers personally uh, – or not personally, but uh, as a team are going to be a tough out um, just because uh, how, how they've been playing this uh, regular season. Like you said, they have this kind of uh, gritty quality, uh, you know, as, as underdogs post Oladipo injury. Uh, but like you said, uh, you, you could uh, match up Kyrie in the uh, in late-game situations. You could always switch Miles Turner on him and see what, see what happens. No, I'm I'm just kidding. But um, so let's move on to uh, we'll talk about the Sixers a little bit. Uh, if you guys have anything to add as far as how far they can go in the playoffs, uh, yeah. Do you guys have anything to add on the Sixers? Um, a little bit. I think that the Sixers are probably a second round. Well, they're they're going to be a second round out. Like, I mean, we said that they're probably the most, uh, the most, was it troubled, whatever team, whatever wording we use there. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think they're probably out in the second round. Like it's, it's going to be a disappointment for them. They kind of went all out for these trades and stuff, but that, that's about it for me. Uh, Colin or do you have anything to add? Uh, I think Philadelphia, I mean, personally, as a Celtics, I would love to play them again. We kind of put them down pretty easily last year. I know they added Jimmy Butler, and I know they have Tobias Harris now. But I just think that Philadelphia as a team, um, together, I just don't think they'll go far. I agree with them being a second-round exit, um, especially if they get matched up against the Raptors. I mean, 
Well, so they, uh, I just don't see them going through the Raptors. Oh yeah, definitely. They're gonna. They. they I think they could definitely lose to the Raptors uh, pretty easily. That's that'd be a terrible matchup for the Sixers. It would be a good series though. All right. Uh, so as far as the okay, so which team in the bottom four has the best chance to uh come a, come out of the East? I don't think that's a feasible question at all to have any of the bottom four come out uh, totally, but how about let's change that up and say the first round. Uh, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 boss. <laughs> um, so I think out of the first round, I'm going to go with the, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, honestly. Um, just looking at it, I don't think, based on everyone else, because I don't think the Pacers will come out of this uh, Celtics series. I don't think the Magic can get through the Raptors, and I don't think the Pistons, should it be the Pistons or the Hornets, will walk away from the Buck series. But the Nets have been able to play the 76ers well all year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has a chip on his shoulder still. Um, he absolutely dominates uh, at the point guard position. Uh, I just think they have a well-rounded team overall that a lot of people don't see. And they don't have a lot of big names, but they all perform well as a team. And I think the Nets, if I had to choose a team out of the bottom four to get to make it out of the first round, I think the Nets could do it. Yeah, I'd have to say the Nets as well. Uh, Hunter, what do you think? Uh, I'm going Pacers just because I think it's I think all of these series are less dependent on these bottom four teams and more dependent on the top four teams. And I think the Celtics are probably going to be the most um, like they're not the most vulnerable, but they are, I think they have the most questions surrounding them. And if they do somehow lose game one or something like that, I think some trouble could come about and maybe spread out into the rest of the rest of the series. But that being said, I still think that it's going to be one, two, three, and four going into the second round. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, one thing about because uh, the original question, who uh, it was a Twitter question, but he he said uh, go far and come out of the East. I don't think that's possible for either the Nets or the Pacers. I think it's going to no. be the Bucks or the Raptors. Which uh, for the Celtics, which would be the tougher matchup for them? Uh, I would say the Raptors easily. Um, Brad Stevens knows how to match up against Giannis, especially in the playoffs. He we did it last year. Um, at the TD Garden, Giannis, um, he did nothing. He was. We were able to shut him down. Yes, he was their top scorer, but we were able to slow down the rest of the team, and we were able to slow him down in the paint, which is what you need to do against Giannis, and we know how to play them. I think the Raptors overall is a much uh, more challenging team to play, especially if we don't have Marcus Smart. Um, I just think that the Raptors have more depth, and they're more of a complete team, and It'll be a much better series to see the Celtics and the Raptors, and I think the Raptors will cause more of a challenge. Yeah, I think everything we said on the Raptors uh, already and also the Bucks, but juxtaposing those two teams, I think that, that explains it all as to what would be a tougher matchup, and I definitely agree. It's the Toronto Raptors. <clears throat> uh, all right, so segueing into that, from um, what would be the best possible Eastern Conference Finals matchup? In regards to uh, just uh, as a fan, what would you like to see the most? Uh, Without bias, me, like in terms of a 
NBA fan as a whole, yeah, I think it would probably be a Bucks and Philly series, just as an entertainment value. Uh, not necessarily basketball, but I think that you would be seeing some very young talents come in and they would be probably playing harder than ever before. Giannis and Embiid going at it would probably be the most entertaining part of that series. I think both guys could average 38 points and like 15 rebounds or something a night playing 40 minutes. But I like that's, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the, I don't think the, the Sixers are getting out of the second round, but if it's if you're looking at it from just like the pure entertainment value, Giannis is a good trash talker. Embiid is the best trash talker in the league. I would say there'd be some fantastic dunks thrown down, a lot of good passes from Simmons and Giannis, and I don't know. I think that would be entertaining, would as as anything else would be. Uh, yeah, I, I compl- oh, go ahead, go ahead. I completely agree. I think um, your point with Embiid being a very big trash talker is huge. Uh, Giannis, the biggest up-and-coming player in the NBA. I think the Bucs will win it easily, but a lot of people will tune in to see the players on each team. Uh, I'm going to kind of interject a different matchup. Um, I know as a Celtics fan, this probably could sound a little biased, but I think Celtics 76ers would be a spectacle. Um, Every time the Celtics play the 76ers, it is just a down to the final seconds game. Um, there's always players going at it, especially if Marcus Smart comes back healthy, because last time we played the 76ers, Joel Embiid and Marcus Smart went at it. Um, there's Kyrie and Jimmy Butler is always great when they battle on the court. Um, I mean, I just, for me personally, as a Celtics fan, I think I would love to see that, but I can agree that the Bucks and the 76ers would be a great matchup as well. Uh, I'm going to have to go in so, sort of an opposite direction, but I'm going to actually say the one and the two. Kind of boring, but Bucks raptors I think would be the best for me uh, from a basketball standpoint. Uh, to see what the Raptors can throw at Giannis, um, I think the Raptors definitely come out of that. But purely from that standpoint of seeing uh, how the, the Raptors and Giannis match up. But um, if the Bucks can heal up and get all their uh, surrounding pieces back by then, I don't think Brogdon will be back, but Miritich and Powell, and if he's not, um, if neither of them are, you have DJ Wilson as the rotational big. I said this on Sunday when I was answering a question. But one of the more interesting matchups, I feel like, would be uh, having DJ Wilson uh, play defense on those switches on the pick and roll with Kawhi or Lowry. Yeah, and another thing with that uh, with that matchup that would be very cool to watch would be Kawhi Leonard guarding Giannis and yeah, too, vice yeah. versa. Yeah. I think those are the two best players um, – in the conference probably right now. And I would say that would be the most entertaining thing about that would be that, that matchup between Giannis and Kawhi Leonard, especially at the end of games. Cause you know, both of them are guarding the other team's best, best player, which is them. There'd be a lot of switching, a lot of, a lot of long, good defense by both teams, a lot of long, good shooters on both teams as well that will probably put up some very high scoring games and then have a couple games that are probably just cracking a hundred and it'd be a fun it'd be a fun matchup to watch I think any of these four would be a fun matchup to watch any which way you put it but do you think Kawhi would guard Giannis or do you think they would put a bigger man on him just size wise 
I, th- I think it would depend on the situation. Um, I do think, and it's not just me, that all these NBA players think that uh, Kawhi Leonard is the best on-ball uh, defender. I think it Definitely. will. I think it will depend on how they want to play the game. The Raptors having Marcus Saul in the lineup is a bit tougher than a guy like Serge Ibaka because Gasol doesn't have that uh, doesn't have that length, and you still can throw guys like uh, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam out on Giannis just so that he has different looks uh, at the Raptors' defense. He's not going to be getting the same thing every possession. But I do think that late game scenarios, when it comes down to it, whether it's Nick Nurse saying, "Hey, Kawhi, you got to get this," or whether Kawhi's like, "Listen, like it's it's game time." I I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be Kawhi Leonard guarding Giannis in the in the big moments. Just to expand on the guarding Giannis um, for the Celtics, I think um, Gershon Yab—I don't even know how to say it—Yabu would be the best matchup against Giannis. I think <laughs> I think the thickness of the butt comes into big play here. Um, you just can't back down a guy with that big of a booty. Insightful Fair analysis. Fair enough. Uh. All right. <laughs> That's all I got to say about Giannis. All right, moving up, we'll give our final predictions for who comes out of the Eastern Conference. We'll go one by one. Uh, just uh, someone can start. I don't want to. I don't want to start because mine's mine's gonna make me look bad. All right, mine's, I'll start. Mine's a bit biased. Okay, no, you start. Uh, <laughs> 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 but I think the Celtics can flip that switch and make it out of the finals. Um, I mean, I think we're all going to have to sound kind of biased here. Um, obviously, I'm going to pull for the Celtics. Um, I can't honestly. I can't pick a definitive answer because I think that uh, Celtics, Bucks, and Raptors all have a good chance. Uh, I think if I had to pick at least two of those, I'd say the Raptors and the Celtics could be the one of the two to come out of the East. Uh, I can't say definitively. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raptors. And it's basically just because, like, Kawhi Leonard is going to be playing every game. And that's it for me. Like, I don't know. It, I, it's also matchup dependent. Like, we'll see how the matchups turn out. And if you ask me once the Eastern Conference Finals come around, I might have a different answer. But we'll see. See, I can um, say defiantly, or uh, as you said, you can't say defiantly. But I will say without bias and defiantly, I think it will be the Raptors. Because of what you said, uh, Hunter, that... Kawhi is going to be playing every game, hopefully every game. Um, but also you have just so much so much around him between Siakam, Gasol, and Ibaka on the defensive side. Um, but more Siakam and, and Lowry too. Um, I think they just have so many ways to beat you, like I said uh, before. And that's all it is. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I can definitely see that, yeah. All right, so we have Celtics and Raptors. No love for the Bucks. No love for the Sixers. Nope. Nope. Not. Nah, Giannis gets stopped by Yabu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, we have a little more Kawhi talk here. What does the playoffs mean as far as their uh, the Raptors stay in the playoffs? Um, mean for Kawhi staying up north or departing to California? Uh, I think it's not as big as people think, but it's still pretty big. Like a lot of people are saying that it's kind of 
if the Raptors don't make the finals, then he's gone no matter what. But to me, it's like, I think he probably already knows what he's going to do, whether he's going to stay or not. And if he's leaning towards the Raptors and the Raptors do make a big, deep run into the finals and can potentially give the Warriors uh, a, a good series, a run for their money, I don't think they're going to win. And by no means do I think that. But uh, if they can, you know, at least show Kawhi, yeah, look, buddy, we have the best team in the East. We have a team who can almost beat the Warriors. If Durant leaves this offseason, we have a very good chance of, you know, being a finals contender for the next three, four years, depending how long you sign this contract for. But does that mean he's going to stay if we make the finals? No, I think that he has his mind ready. If he really wants to go to LA and he really wants to go back home, he's probably already made that decision. And to me, it's a, it's a basketball. This, if, if everything that people are saying about Kawhi Leonard is true, all the stuff that he likes, all the stuff that he values, then this decision will be more than just, you know, the playoffs and just this stretch of 16 to, you know, 30 something games that, this team's going to have to play. Yeah, definitely. I think the, uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because mine's less uh, I think. I think from the outside looking in, um, Kawhi kind of already has the perfect situation, in my opinion. Uh, Kawhi, he is the star of the team. He has a great team around him. Um, I think going back to L.A. would, at this point, kind of be pointless, especially with the kind of the Lakers just Brandon falling Lakers. apart and not even being able to make the playoffs when they have LeBron James. Um, I think that Kawhi... Even I think the playoff run would be even more to Kawhi because he would be the man. He would be the star player that leads this quality team deep into the playoffs, which gives him even more reason to say. But I think personally, I don't see any reason why Kawhi would leave Toronto. Uh, all right. So you'd say part of your reasoning is because it's the Lakers, but I think that he could leave for the Clippers, and that's a much better situation. They have a max slot. They have a much better front office. They have a, a deeper roster and more um, pieces between SGA and Danilo Gallinari and Ilaka Zubac now, um, among others, and Lou Williams, the best six man of all time. Um, but So I think that's a much more attractive spot as far as the L.A. teams go, so that's definitely the destination for him if he decides to leave. But I, I think I agree with Hunter that he is um, that this means more than the playoffs. Because I, I think he's evolving as a human <laughs> late, late, in his, late in his life. You see these, these clips on Twitter, he's, he's actually showing emotion, and he's, and he's becoming a human being all of a sudden. Also, uh, don't forget, an extra $50 million might be able to change somebody's mind on where they want to play. Because <laughs> the Raptors are the only team in the NBA that can offer that to Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, any sane human being, I mean, I'm not a guy who has a contract that can possibly be, you know, $190 million compared to 130 But if that's me, I'm taking that no questions asked. Are we calling Kawhi Leonard a human being? I mean, did you hear the laugh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will do it if it means he's going to stay. I'll call him whatever he wants. <laughs> so that's fair. <laughs> no, but did you see the clip of him giving the, the gifts uh, to the children at Santa Claus? He yeah, that was a while ago. That was when he was in San Antonio. But, yeah, I saw that. It's fantastic. The guy is, uh, 
you know? And he then, has a class act. And then the video of him with the guy on the street, he actually showed restraint as far as uh, NBA players go. If that was yeah. anybody else, the phone would be on the ground and the guy would be in the hospital. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I enjoyed. I enjoy any kind of Kawhi uh, entertainment. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, all right, so our last little thing here, we have. Uh, I'm assuming you guys, as full time NBA podcasts, are going to do award shows or uh, award based shows, but I'm probably not because um, because uh, scheduling or whatever. Uh, so I want to do a mini NBA awards like rapid fire kind of thing. So who's uh, y'all's MVP right now? Or where we stand. I've got James Harden. Yeah, I, I second that easily. Um, just his scoring this year has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to defer to both of you and just say Giannis. Uh, I'm going to have to third the James Harden uh, jump on that train because I think the thing that separates him and with Giannis is what – Harden means to the um the Rockets, and that's true definition of MVP, or at least it used to be most valuable player. And he, I think he's more valuable to the Rockets than uh, Giannis is to the um Bucks. In in a sense that Giannis has more, uh, he's not a system player, but he has a better system around him than Harden does in um Houston. If that makes well, any sense. Harden is the system for a 50-win team, a 50-plus win team who started off really slow and then two guys got injured and he put up four months of averaging just under 40 points a game. And, like, if you look at, at seasons where, like, the the top guys haven't – like, the top scoring guys, I think MJ put up 37 and something. Elgin Baylor put up 36. And then Wilt's 50-point year, like – Neither of those guys won MVP in those seasons where they had their highest scoring years. So I don't know. That's kind of where I, I put this. But the cool thing about this year's MVP race is that there is literally not a bad candidate. Whoever gets picked for this, like, has the – like, they would have been picked for very good reasons. Like, I can't argue if Giannis gets picked because he's been so good. He's put up Shaq numbers, and, and Shaq is one of the best players of all time. But then you're looking at James Harden, who is putting up the most efficient 36-point-per-game uh, average of all time, which is is pretty cool to see. Yeah, you could say that that uh, anyone deserves to win uh, MVP, but you could say that for any of the, uh, rate, the award races here this year. Uh, which kind of moves into rookie of the year. Uh, we have Luca across the board. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. Good. We have sense. Um, Luca's just the all-around better basketball player. Um, so coach of the year. Uh, do we have Coach Bud across the board, or do we have any Mike Malone guys? I gotta go, Mike Malone. I like what he's been doing over there in Denver. Right. Any Doc uh, Rivers? I'm, I'm all Bud. Doc Rivers, no? Going once, going... Uh, no, I might have to go Nate McMillan. <laughs> if I were to say, like, if it were, like, if I had a, an actual ballot, I might go uh, Bud, but it's hard to discount what Nate McMillan has done as a Pacers coach. They lost their, by far, their best player this whole season and have still somehow 
stood around the top four or five uh, in the in the Eastern Conference. And for a long time, without Oladipo, I think it was two and a half months almost, they they held on to that third seed. And if I think if they did keep that third seed, it would be easier for me to actually go with McMillan. But I don't know. I, I just I'm shocked with what he's been able to do. And I think a big part of their success has been him getting guys to to buy into their system and buy into being a winning team. Uh, I think my one argument against Nate McMillan is the fact that uh, Brad, St- Brad Stevens last year did, was without Gordon Hayward and Kyrie missed a lot of time and they finished first, right? I believe first. I'm on a Celtics podcast. And I should be able to remember this. <laughs> and he, they finished, he they lost. finished second. They finished, they finished second. second. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, it was the Raptors. It yeah, the Raptors. Raptors. I, I remember <laughs> that one. I remember yeah, that and, one. Yeah, yeah, because the coach that got fired won yeah. coach of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my one contention. I think it's just because I'm, I'm still a little salty about that as a Celtics <laughs> fan. But, <laughs> but I think Nate McMillan would make a good case as well. Uh, the other guy you could throw in there is uh, Kenny Atkins for what he's done with the Nets. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bud though. Just how he's yeah. he's conformed. Um, and I think uh, I I forgot it. I I said it on Sunday too, but I forgot his name again. The the Bucks uh, GM. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know he's he's I, on the younger side. Uh, he's in his thirties, but uh, he just definitely deserves to win GM of the year or executive of the year. Uh, no, what, I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's Masai Ujiri from the Raptors. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got a top five player in the league for DeMar DeRozan. And you got Danny Green for a young guy who plays 10 minutes a night. Those are two guys who are going to help. Just, you know, I loved watching him back when he was in his MVP type caliber year. And the way he was playing for the Timberwolves this year has been really well, really good. And he's won some games for them. Um, I just had to give an honorable mention to DeRozan. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go see Alcum, but I think the uh, D'Angelo Russell's uh, definitely uh, probably the favorite. Uh, I haven't looked at the odds, but I think those leaks for the the actual writers who do put in ballots have been coming out, and Giannis is, looks like the far and away winner so far for MVP. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be Siakam. Like, even if. Like I, I don't think it's even really close between D'Angelo Russell and Siakam. I think Siakam, just his growth from the beginning of this season, like if you take away every previous season that he's ever played, and you just look at the growth from the beginning of this season to where he is right now or to where he even got to halfway through the season, he probably wins most improved player on any other year. Like I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell, Russell hasn't, you know, hasn't had a big improvement because he has, but he's stayed the same player. He hasn't improved in terms of his ball. Like he hasn't really improved all that much. He's just hitting more shots. And I know that sounds dumb because like hitting more shots is improving, but like he's playing the same style of game. He's just making his tough floaters a little bit at a better, at a better clip, but his usage is in the top eight of the NBA. So his scoring jump, is expected pascal siakam if you looked at where he was going to be at the beginning of the season he was inserted into the starting lineup because we traded one of our young guys Jakob hurdle and we didn't know how to play our our two big men together as a as a good unit so they just inserted siakam in there 
and essentially Raptors fans thought he was going to be just that exciting, energetic guy. And then by the all-star break, people were saying that, yeah, maybe he should be an all-star. That's unprecedented. Last year, he was a, a role player, a very good role player, role player at that, but coming off the bench. Now people are saying that he's going to be an all-star. It makes no sense. People are calling him Giannis Light. People are calling him Kawhi Light. People are still calling D'Angelo Russell D'Angelo Russell. Like it's, I don't think it's even really a debate. But if if uh, if Russell wins it, I mean, all uh, all power to him. Yeah, what you said uh, about Siakam improving all aspects of his game uh, and improving his basketball player, and then uh, Russell just improving hitting more shots. It definitely makes sense. I know you. Uh, I know hitting more shots, like you said, is improving, but it makes sense. Yeah, and like his whole role has changed too, right? Like, like I said, he's he's now the second scoring option for the Raptors. Yeah, he shoots threes, he runs in transition, he's a good passer. I don't know. That's 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 my mini case for him. But yeah, no, I think we all agree that Siakam is easily winning this award. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we say our goodbyes, I think we got, we touched on everything we were uh, had in the notes. Uh, I want to leave us with a meme. It's uh, this how unvaccinated kids talk to their doctor, and it's the uh, it's magic. The uh, I'm not gonna be here next year. That that clip. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I'll just leave that. We'll leave it on a high note. Uh, thanks for coming on, everybody. Uh, you know, maybe we could do this again post playoffs. Some variation of us. You know, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me, my man. All right, so long. All right, like I said, I had a lot of fun talking with those guys. That's all I have for you this week. Uh, or not this week, today. Uh, like I said, double feature with Eastern Conference, Western Conference. We're recording that tomorrow. I had to decide if I'm going to put this up later or uh, on Friday. I'll, I'll let you, you'll see on Twitter probably. So, uh, yeah, see you in the next one.